So what's the one thing you have to prioritize above all else when you want to create a healthy, sustainable, long-term partnership? I'll give you a hint. This one thing will make or break your entire love life. Sweet baby, welcome to Love Life Skills for Leaders, where we heal the past, love ourselves unconditionally, and start our love lives over from a clean slate every damn day. I'm Candace Harper, Love Coach, and my mission is to help professional women of color and culture magnetize healthy partnerships and create a love life that loves us back. We all deserve joyful relationships. I have one, and I want you to have one too. This is a mature conversation for powerful people who want to have their best possible love life, whether you are single or already coupled. I'm going to share with you the practical steps for getting aligned with your core values and becoming an energetic space for all that you desire. Share this show with your friends, write a review, don't keep it a secret. We all need good love. Also, make sure to subscribe wherever you are watching or listening. All right, let's do this. Hello, my darling. It's another week, another wonderful week. And I am so happy to be here with you, to share with you, to have this conversation. And you know, even though it is just me talking, I do feel like it's a conversation. Because let me tell you, sis, I can feel you. Let me tell you, bruh, I can feel you. I can feel you listening. I know you are. I know that you're having your own thoughts. And the reason I know that is because when you reply to me on email, those of you who are on my newsletter, or when you reach out to me and you have questions or you wonder or you make comments or even comment on posts that I make, let's say on TikTok or wherever, I know you're listening. I know you're engaged. And I love that about you because it makes it so that we can have an interaction, a connection and, um, you know, really support each other. You support me in my growth and being able to understand what it is you need. And hopefully I support you in your growth and being able to understand what it is you need so that you can have a love life that loves you back. Because that's what we're all about here. So today we want to talk about the one thing that will make or break your love life. Damn. It is the one thing that will make or break it. So often we think that things like, oh, you know, what's the sex like? Or, um, you know, do we like to do the same things? Is that going to make or break it? Yes. I mean, obviously there's compatibility. Compatibility is a big thing, but there's something that's even bigger. Even if you're compatible, if you don't have this thing and you can't practice this thing, it's going to mean the detriment of your relationship ultimately. Or it's not even going to get off the ground without this thing. So I'm not going to give it away just yet. But I want to talk about the dating phase, the dating stage of, you know, looking for a partner. And especially for those of us who are of a certain age, whatever that might be, if you feel like you're, you know, not of ingenue age, as I like to call it. And that's any age that's sort of beyond, um, you know, the the sort of uh, societal expectation that you be, you know, young and uh, reproductively viable without any effort <laughs> and, you know, just that sort of ingenue, that, that you know, what they consider to be a uh, marriageable age. If you're beyond that by any stretch of the imagination and just by cultural standards, because I don't, I think that doesn't matter how old you are, you're always eligible for love and you're always valuable and worthy of it, Right. But if you're beyond what society says you should be as far as, you know, being married or being coupled or finding that love, finding that one, it's important for you to really understand this because it's no longer about just being sexy enough or looking good enough or physically able 
to do those early, that early coupling. You know, when you're in your early 20s, I mean, I, I was in a relationship for 13 years and we started out, I believe I was 21, maybe 22 when we started. And, you know, who gives any thought to it? You like each other, you're hot for each other, you want to have sex with each other, you get along great, you have fun together. It's simple, right? At that age, you may or may not be thinking about kids. For some people, they, they get pregnant around that time anyway. And so you might just go ahead and get married for that reason. There's a simplicity to a certain stage in life where, you know, you're not really of an understanding of what it will really be like to be with someone for whom you are incompatible. So your main focus is we're attracted to each other physically, sexually, and that's normal and natural. There's nothing wrong with that. But for those of us who are at an age, a stage in life where we've been through heartbreak or we've... Uh, been through divorce, or we've dealt with things that let us know that compatibility is important. And if you're dating at a stage where you really understand the importance of compatibility, the importance of being able to be sustainable with someone, and you really understand that you want to be focused and awake and aware as you're navigating your dating life, today's show is for you. And I really want you to listen in. I really want you to lean in on this because most people date with a requirement list and a bunch of questions that they ask in order to hold each each dating prospect up against you know the requirements or you know the the ability to answer the questions to see if they qualify as someone you'd want to be with right and the reason that that doesn't really work even though everyone tells you to do that and you'll get a lot of co-signing from uh, your peers and, you know, people who are of your same stage and age and even married people, which, you know, p- people who've been married for a long time will say the same thing. You know, you're supposed to ask all of these questions and have a list of things that you want, a list of requirements. And if they're married and they're honest, they'll tell you that your requirements list is probably going to get blown out of the water anyway. But this method of trying to hold this person up against a a list, a list of standards. I'm not saying don't have standards. I've done, you know, I've talked about this before in previous shows, but the reason that it doesn't work so well to date with that that attitude, that intention, I have a client who's currently doing that now. Not only does it not work so well, it also sometimes gets laughable or frustrating. I mean, think about how many times you've been sitting around with your friends just laughing about how uh, difficult dating is and talking about how there's nobody eligible. Sometimes what they call uh, dating online the cesspool, like the dating pool is a cesspool or there's pee in the pool or, you know, whatever. People have all these sort of negative connotations around dating, dating as an activity, dating as a game. And, you know, you're either laughing about it or you're frustrated. Sometimes you just have to laugh so you don't cry. And the reason is because we can't pre-approve the future. So it's very very frustrating to try to control something you have no control over. So you think that because you see certain aspects about a person, you can guarantee that it's going to work if this person does or doesn't have certain things. And all of that is determinations made from the past, what you've experienced in the past. And I talk about this a lot, this effort to pre-approve someone, this effort to ask all the right questions and make sure they hit all the right stats and convincing yourself that that means they're going to be a sustainable, compatible partner. It's not possible. Sure, you can get a lot of logistical and external things in place and think, well, I'm going to be happy if, 
if I'm with someone who, you know, has a lot of money and financial acumen, if I'm with somebody who is of a certain height, if I'm with somebody who is of a certain race. Yes, those are going to be things that maybe make you more comfortable, make you more attracted to that person, bring ease into your life. And all of those things are great. I'm not saying that you can't want those things. It's absolutely wonderful. But when you sit and try to hold somebody up against your list and check the boxes, you are not guaranteeing yourself compatibility or sustainability or even good health in a relationship. What you're guaranteeing are those external things, which whether you're in a partnership or out of a partnership, those external things only fulfill you for so long. This is why those things don't bring you health and sustainability in a relationship. They just bring you material happiness. And I'm not knocking material happiness, but if what you want is a sustainable, healthy partnership, you want to be willing to forgo those things in the sense that that's not what you prioritize and focus on. And that's what I call God's business. So the person that is right for you is going to have all the, the logistic things in place because they're going to be able to align with what's valuable at your core, right? What's valuable at your core shows up in your reality and what is valuable at their core will show up at, in their reality. And so what you want to be looking for is core value connection. And the way to determine that is not by what's going on on the outside. So when you're trying to make a determination about a person's compatibility with you based on logical aspects like geography, the number of marriages they've had, the number of kids they have, their profession, their clothing choices, that's future forecasting based on past experiences. And I had a client, she defended and she said, well, I'm of an age where I don't want to be with someone who has a young child. I mean, that's understandable if what you're framing and assuming is that if they have a young child that you will have to either, you know, sacrifice something or that you're not going to be able to do something that you plan to do. But without really being present to what is is between you and that person based on getting to know that person and what is possible around getting to know their child, that that child might be someone that you do end up wanting to take some level of responsibility for. Or they might have a co-parent that is such a great co-parent that it doesn't require you to really take any responsibility, but just be in an amazing child's life. And, and along with being in a really great relationship. Now, that's not to say that you should change what it is that you want. What it is to say is that you don't know what the universe, what God has in store for you as far as fulfilling your happiness. As far as, um, you know, you living out your life in, in the way that you're meant to live it, as far as you having all the things that you want to have, we make assumptions based on what has caused limits in the past. So I know if I have a five-year-old, there's certain things that I'm not going to be able to do or based on having raised a child, I'm, I'm not going to be able to, you know, have the travel freedom that I'd like to have. I'm not going to be able to, you know, walk around naked and eat peanut butter, you know, whatever it is based on the past. You don't know what your experience will be with someone who you've never experienced before. And so I know it's a hard navigation because you're just thinking, well, that's just logical. I know what I would and wouldn't want to do. But you don't know what the connection is going to be like when you find true love and in intimacy with someone. And I can tell you, in my past relationship, in a past relationship, one thing I said was I didn't want to be with someone who had daughters. 
And it wasn't because his daughters were horrible or anything like that. They were like, you know, teenage. I didn't even have to have a lot of responsibility around them. They were with us half the time. But I was like, you know what? I would prefer to be with someone who doesn't have daughters. And that was how I felt then because of that experience with him. And what I had to learn in my journey by myself, you know, when I took time alone and getting in relationship with myself, is that I was assigning uh, I was assigning things to the outside. I was assigning things to what was on the external. I was making it that the, some of the problems we had had to do with him having daughters, which eliminates all the possibilities of amazing people that I could be with and that I could have great relationships with who have daughters. And now that my partner that I'm with now has daughters and they're amazing and he's amazing and I love my relationships with them. And if I would have held fast to this idea that that external aspect of him of him was a problem, I would have missed out on so much. I think about just in the short time that we've been together, how great that it's been. I would have missed out on all of that because I was so busy trying to abide by some rule that I made up that was based on a past relationship. And so... You know, people do this all the time and we still fail at relationships. (laughs) We do this thing where we think that we can future forecast, that we think that we can set up this list of requirements and that if the person meets the list of requirements, then they are okay to date. And that is not to say that you shouldn't be discerning. It's what am I being discerning about and what am I looking to um, align with and how am I actually creating compatibility? So how do we do this? What do we do instead of having some list of requirements or list of rules of what we will and won't do? Stay present. Stay present and engaged and just keep checking in with ourselves. So, you know, first of all, you don't have to future forecast. You got to have a level of faith that you don't have to put your energies towards anything that doesn't feel right to you. If you if you meet someone, whether you're meeting them online or meeting them in person and you're having initial conversations and you're enjoying the connection, you're enjoying those conversations, there doesn't have to be anything beyond the moment that you're in with that person. You're allowing it to unfold. You're allowing it to to evolve and grow. And so you want to ask yourself some questions as you're in that process. Am I attached to whether or not this person fits the bill? The bill meaning my long list of requirements. The bill meaning the questions that I ask that need to be answered in a certain way. Am I attached to whether or not that person fits into it? And if so, I got to know that I am future forecasting, that I am all up in God's business about what would be best for me as far as a relationship. And then you want to ask yourself, am I allowing myself to experience interaction with this person and everyone that I run into just for the sake of enjoyment? So for all of us out there who are like, you know, dating sucks. I hate it. This is the worst thing. It's horrible. It's up to you to to create your own enjoyment. And if your enjoyment is killed because you're with someone who doesn't fit into certain requirements, you know, I can remember going out on a date during my, my chosen single time and, you know, he was a lot shorter than I expected. And one of the things I've always been attracted to tall guys, and I thought that that should be on my list of requirements. And luckily I took it off and I still ended up with somebody tall. My point is I went out with this person and he was shorter and I had to remind myself 
Like, just allow yourself to experience the interaction. And what ended up happening is we had a great date. We had a great conversation. I felt very fulfilled by the time that I spent with that person. And I would have spent more time with that person, except they, that he had some attachments that he wanted to deal with. And that was totally fine. Because I was not attached to him having to be the one. I didn't go on the date saying, well, I don't find you physically attractive. So now, you know, let me just cut off all possibility. I was open to how I could enjoy the moment that I was in, period. And that's all it needed to be was the enjoyment of the moment I'm in. What we don't often let ourselves do is build a series of moments, present moments, with a person so that a relationship can be sustainable. It's that willingness to just let each moment go by, to enjoy it, be in it, be with that person, be listening, be be um, engaged, not worried about what's going to happen in the future or whether or not something they said is going to mean everything, you know, or if something that, they, that we don't like, that we don't talk about it because then we have to go into our ruminations and worry and stress and, you know, end up ghosting or cutting people off rather than just being in the moment, being authentic, saying what's on our mind, truly interacting with that person. So when I'm allowing myself to experience interaction with a person, and it, even if I'm dating a number of people, experience the interaction, stay with it. Just stay with it for the sake of the enjoyment of the moment that I'm in, not attached to whether or not they are it. That is workable. It's sustainable. And, it's, and it leaves me open to be able to align with what I say I want, meaning I can put all my focus and energy into the things about them that do align with what, the, what I want. And that doesn't mean I have to hook my claws into them. I can just look for the ways that they are like what I want, right? And I'll talk a little bit more about how to, how to get clear about what you want in a way that works. And then another question you want to ask yourself is, what is my gut, my womb, my inner knowing, my source telling me about this person? And in order to be able to hear that, I have to be able to be present. I have to be willing to be present in the moment that I'm in so that I can hear what my gut, my intuition is saying. Not my old story of fear. Not my, oh, you know, he kind of looks like my last boyfriend. Oh, he's a Scorpio, like the last one I dated. Not that. That's my, my past uh, trying to pre-approve the future. That gut, that inner knowing, if you've ever actually been present with a person... If you've ever actually been fully awake to how a person responds to you and the interaction, looking in a person's eyes, really getting a feel for who they are, if you allow that magical intuition that we all have when we're willing to tap into it and listen to it, all you need to do is be in the moment that you are in to know whether somebody is someone that you would want to continue to spend time with. But you got to get get quiet with yourself. You got to get present. You got to let go of the judging and the critiquing and, you know, focusing on what you don't like about that person and making it, you know, making some story out of it. Like, oh, here I go again. My life, my love life sucks so bad. You know, here I am with another person I don't like. My love life sucks so bad. No, look for what works and enjoy the moment. And then if you walk away, you walk away. It's fine. (laughs) We're so busy with the right and the wrong. And, and, you know, the only way I'm going to get the right person is if I have that magic moment and I like them from beginning to end. 
that rarely ever happens, liking them from beginning to end. There's going to be things about a person that you're like, well, eh, maybe not so much. You focus on the things you want to grow. You align and appreciate. You acknowledge the things that you really like about the person. And those that's how you know you end up building a series of moments is you focus on those things, you grow those things in each other. And you don't have to want to be with everyone that you meet, right? It's that willingness to not get attached to just allow yourself to build those moments, build those moments, build those moments, and let the connection take care of itself. You'll know when you're dealing with someone who is someone you you want to be with long term. Just allow for that. Stop trying to force it. Stop trying to look for those things and force those things to happen. Just be open to the alignment, knowing what you want it is to, that you want to create. So in short, focus on what it feels like to align and engage with what it is you want. Trust that you won't end up with the wrong, and I'm putting that in quotations, the wrong person, because you're never with the wrong person. You're with the exact person that's meant to grow you in that moment, even if it's for only one date, even if it's for only one hour sitting over coffee. There's something to be gained. There's something valuable in every interaction. It's okay whether you do or you don't move on with them. But when you're stuck in a story that something's wrong with them or something's wrong with you or this shouldn't be this way or, you know, they, they wore the wrong shoes or they have too many kids or they're, you know, they're not uh, acting the way that I would like and, and that's what you're focusing on, that is what you will continue to get, that, that focus that you have. And so what I want you to consider, what I want you to take away is what would be a three-word romantic declaration that you would want to make for what you want to experience. What do you want to be committed to being aligned with as you're dating? And so there's an exercise that I often do with clients where we discover your three-word declaration. And basically what it is is core values, right? But core values around your romantic life. Life. How often do you let yourself get specific around the core values you want to experience in your romantic life? For me, mine is currently joy, ease, and unconditionality. Those are three things that I'm committed to right now. They may change at some point. I don't know. Right now, they're working. So I think about what does joy mean to me? What does it mean to be joyful in a relationship? That means I get to be 100% myself. And we have fun and we laugh and we sing songs and we dance, which we do. That's the kind of person I am when I'm alone. That's the kind of person I am when I'm with somebody who I really trust and I have an intimate relationship with. I'm not like that with everybody. But I know that in my personal relationship, my romantic relationship, it's very important that I can be funny and silly and play and just enjoy life like a kid because that's who I am at my core is that fun, that silliness, that, you know, running around naked for no reason, singing songs, you know, making up songs, writing lyrics, playing with dogs, just being silly and having a good time and, and being like a kid. That's that's who I am at my core. That's that's who my day to day is. And so for me, it's very important that the person I'm spending time with aligns with that. And if they don't, that's okay too, because I know I align with it and I can go on about my business and align with it myself. Ease. Ease for me is everywhere. That's a core value of mine and it's in everything that I do. I look for the ease. I look for the simplest solution. I believe in working smart, not hard. I look for the ease. And so within my partnership now, doesn't mean that every single thing we do is easy, but but I look to generate it. How can I generate ease in this moment in a difficult time? 
How can I create ease in what could be a conflict or a difficult time? There was a time when I wouldn't, I wouldn't create the ease. I would just be all about let's scream and yell and holler at each other and make a big deal and be very dramatic and, you know, storm out the house with no shoes on. Like, you know, th- those are all things that make life difficult. But now I know at this ripe old age that ease is what I'm aligned with. So we don't have to agree about everything. If I don't like what you're doing, we can talk about it. I can let you know how I feel about it. I can listen to how you feel about it because that's a lot easier than getting into some screaming match and being somewhere with no shoes on. Unconditionality. You don't have to do what I say do. You don't have to be exactly what I want you to be. I will love you anyway. And depending on what level we're at, I can love you from up close and I can love you from afar but I love you unconditionally. I care about you unconditionally. I don't have to be attached to making you be anything. If you don't want to be it, be, you know, whatever it is that I thought you were going to be, or you told me you were going to be, or, you know, I I had a, a client, the one I was talking about on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, who was like, well, you know, he presented one thing and then it changed. And it's like, that does happen because oftentimes, you know, people are just looking for some sort of attention or they're looking for some sort of connection. And so they present what they think that we want. And then all of a sudden their real self comes out and it's like, oh, well, where did this person come from? That does happen. But one thing I think we get caught up in is that, oh, now we've been duped. And either we got to fix it and be attached or, you know, we have to go into victim mode that they did something to us. But it's like, no, appreciate what you enjoyed with that person. And if that person isn't who they say they were, it's okay. You can still love that person and love them from afar. You don't have to love them up close anymore. You don't have to be forced to be with or do anything you don't want to do. You can be unconditional with yourself how you love yourself and unconditional with others, moving through the world the way that you need to in in order to stay aligned with what's important to you. And so that's it for this week, my sweetheart. Hopefully I've helped you along with this whole idea of thinking that you have to on site or within the first few dates know if you are with your soulmate. Because I think that's a lot of pressure to put on ourselves to think that you got to know that you're with that person that you need to be with. And I think the reason that we're often so overly discerning and radically discerning and self-sabotaging when we discern is because we're so busy thinking that we are going to almost immediately, if not immediately or within those first few dates, know that we're with the person that we're going to be with long term. And some people say that. They say, oh, I knew on site when I saw this person that was going to be my person. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. Doesn't really matter. If you're dating right now to be expecting to be able to recognize your soulmate, A lot of pressure to put on your dating life, a lot of pressure to put on yourself. So what is that one thing? I've mentioned it a few few times. Maybe you've picked up on it. Presence. Just be present. Be present in your dating life. Be awake and aware. Stop trying to judge and critique. Stop bringing the past into the future and trying to pre-approve the future by using your past. It's not going to work. Trust me on that. Be with who you're with and be present. If you're enjoying yourself, keep enjoying yourself. Don't go go into any catastrophic thinking. Don't try to look for anything wrong with them. Don't try to, you know, make sure you see all the red flags because you just, you know. No, just if you're enjoying yourself and you're present and you're in touch with your inner knowing in your gut, your gut will tell you, just enjoy yourself and let that be what it is.
And if you both enjoy yourselves, the likelihood that you'll get together again is very high because adults do what adults want to do and do the same thing the next time and then the next time and then the next time. And if you have a moment where you're not enjoying yourself, communicate about it, talk about it, be authentic about it, you know, be an adult about it, be responsible for your own feelings about things and grow the relationship that way. That's how you build intimacy with a person. And that's it. Maybe next week I'll talk about, you know, taking responsibility for intimacy, responsibility for your own feelings, your own thoughts, and where you're at at any given moment and how to navigate that as you're getting to know someone. Let me know if that's something you want me to do and I'll talk about it next week. And that's it. That's it, my sweetheart. What's happening these days? So I am working on a project And I talked about it a little bit the last couple of weeks. And it's a compilation book called It's Homie, Yo Stasis. And it's a funny, heart-wrenching, authentic compilation of BIPOC Plus women and their stories of home. If you are a BIPOC Plus woman or know a BIPOC Plus woman who has a pivotal story around her experience of home, homeostasis, creating balance, I want you to go to bit.ly forward slash capital T, The Home Project. 2023. So capital T H E H O M E P R O G E C T 2023 and submit your story. You may be invited to feature in the book or come on an upcoming podcast. All proceeds from the book go to creating housing stability for BIPOC plus women and the book's contributors. So that's it, my sweethearts. Please, please, please submit a story if you have one. Hopefully I have helped you as far as navigating this dating world and actually beginning to enjoy your dating life. Because as I always say, it is meant to be fun. And if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Until next time, keep being unapologetically lovable. And don't forget to give yourself grace. I love you so much. Bye now. (laughs) 